So I just seen on Fox News that Twitter's got a new owner, and surprise, surprise, you people are out here complaining about it. And all you want to do is sit behind your little keyboards, talk all your internet nerd shit. All because he wants to charge for Twitter and bring free speech to the internet. Well, let me tell you something about freedom. Freedom ain't free. It costs $20 a month. And then $8 a month when enough people complain about it. The bottom line is, freedom ain't free. You gotta pay, pal. But you never did like freedom, did you? No. This is the greatest country on this flat earth. He, he even legalized comedy and you hate him for it. Before he made comedy legal, you couldn't tell a goddamn knock-knock joke without the gazpacho police being on the other side of the door talking about, we gotcha, you can't say that. You hate comedy and you hate freedom, plain and simple. What the hell is that? Stone on air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone on air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone on air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone on air coming up. Stone on air. Well, all right. Hello, everybody. Uh, off to a uh, interesting start that will maybe take over a little bit of the front end of the show. This is take two, do-over of the Open, and luckily it was barely into it, maybe just this amount into it, and then disaster struck. And luckily, not really disaster, but ugh, weird stuff that I will explain Coming up next on the Stone On Air Podcast. Alright, so uh, everything I do, I do for a reason. And I generally you're getting authentic me on everything I do here. But every now and again, I go a little uh, obsessive over the top a little bit. You know, I'll start yelling for no reason or doing something like that. And so I started off the show with um, how excited I was that everything was going so well today. Dinner was good. Work was good. Got, a, got home at a good time. All the electronics were working. All, their, all the batteries are full. Uh, no issues whatsoever. And I was getting started before 8.30. So I was very happy about all this. And then I started to get... Uh, you know, a little hyperbolic of like, well, what's going to happen next? Is the house going to get struck by lightning? And just about that exact moment, and it was more than just lights go off. It was like a flicker of a, like, it felt like the house did get struck by lightning and the place just went done, out, power gone. Right at that exact moment. I know I could make this up to make just for a better story. I promise you that's how it went down. And I looked to my left in my office here at the house. It's a, it's a big sliding doors, and uh, there, there's no curtains or, or anything on them or blinds. And I'm looking across the way here, and the house next door, right across the way here in the alley, had all their power. I was like, oh, my God. If I believe spiritually in any of these kinds of karma or or whatever, those kind of lining of the stars, then I might be pretty freaked out right about now. But luckily, I don't believe any of that. And so I'm not feeling that way. About three minutes later, it pops back on. You know, the weather's perfect tonight. Who knows what happened? Uh, I started hearing all the dogs barking up and down the street. So I'm guessing this side of the street 
the power just went out, but that could have been disastrous. I could have been 18 minutes into a segment, which I do stop and, re- and hit save occasionally, but not usually. So that could have been really, really bad. Thankfully, it is not. So welcome into the show. My name is Brian. You likely already know that. Sorry about all that. Um, I have three segments for you today. The open, as per usual, where I bounce around with three pieces of audio. In the second segment of the show, I got a handful of things I'm going to jump around to with some local stories that I didn't get to a couple weeks ago. This uh, missing uh, young lady who we now believe to be likely murdered and her uh, boyfriend has been charged. Look at that just a little bit. And then I'm going to spend about half that segment at, at who is this Nick Fluentes guy? The dude who was at the Mar-a-Lago with Trump and and Kanye. I just literally don't know who he is. I, I, I was not aware of this individual, and it is quite shocking. And to the length that these people have, their audiences are, are big. And it was uh, it was concerning. You might know exactly who it is. Uh, you know, maybe you don't. I, I, I just don't pay attention to foolishness a lot of the time. But since it turned into this national, oh, Fluentes and, um, and Ye or Yay or whatever the hell they call Kanye these days. Uh, so that in the second segment of the show. In the final segment of the show, hashtag best Thanksgiving ever. Um, maybe, maybe. I will uh, unfold and uh, and just have story time in the final segment of the show. Tell you about my Thanksgiving weekend. It was uh, a spoiler alert. It was good. It was good. But I'll explain why here shortly. So let's see. As always, so much to do to talk about over with a two week break. And I'm just already going to have to start slashing stuff off the list because I'm not going to have time. If I had a three hour radio show, this would be a breeze. I'll do a show this week, first of uh, December. Happy December 1st. And then I'll do two more after this. And then I'm going to take the final two weeks off at the end of the year. And as I mentioned last week, and I think we all do this, we, I think we all should do this. I have a lot of ideas for 2023. Uh, not New Year's resolutions. I don't do that nonsense. No reason to do anything like that. But I'm hoping 23 looks a little bit different than 22 in a lot of different ways. And I'll unfold those as they, as they go along uh, later on into, uh, well, in the beginning of next year. Anyway, I'll get you the scariest thing, the realest thing, and the coolest thing here in a little less than 10 minutes from right now, as long as I get moving and hurry up here. So, main times 24 this weekend. Weather looks crap. Hopefully that changes between now and Saturday. I don't think it will. I think it looks pretty clear it's going to be wet this weekend. We just got to hope it doesn't fall during the best parts of of the uh, of the day for me the best parts is early-ish to mid-morning to early-ish to mid-afternoon that's my sweet spot 8 30 9 o'clock to 3 30 4 30 right around about the time the sec game starts that's about the time i'm done i've never done main times 24 at you know midnight i don't know what's going on I'm done because I'm usually drinking in the morning. I'm not going to be in the parade this year, unfortunately. One of the greatest times I've had this decade, maybe this entire century, was with the Volts folks guys last year on the um, in a Volkswagen driving around. Man, that was so much fun. But uh, my guy, Taco, who's, who, who's in it, who I know the best, his bus is out of commission right now, so it's not going to happen. But whatever you do, main times 24, enjoy yourself. For sure. I'll play a, a one clip from Nick Letko's new record here in just a little bit. Um, coming back from one of the rejoins. I came home from work or maybe, I don't know, in the last week, Thanksgiving weekend, and I had a 
package sitting out, you know, in front of the door. And I was just, I don't remember buying anything. And I'm not one of these dumb assholes that, you know, buys stuff on Amazon so often that just comes to my house and I don't even know what it is I bought. Like, if I know when there's something that I have purchased, I do keep very close uh, tabs on that. And I was like, what is this? And it's the size of a, of a vinyl record. Open it up. Well, it says Bandcamp on the outside. So quickly, I'm like, Bandcamp? I mean, I know what that is. What did I buy from Bandcamp? Turns out it was Nick Let's Go's uh, More Songs from the Computer. That was on a pre-sale. It's kind of one of those uh, crowdfunding things. We'll produce the item once it hits a certain dollar amount. Hell, that might have been a year ago. It was certainly early, early this year, but it could have been all the way till last year. I forgot all about it. It's a gorgeous vinyl, colored vinyl, uh, amazing artwork by the great local Travis Knight, a guy I'd love to have on someday to talk to. I think I've met him before, but I don't really know him, but obviously I'm good friends with Nick. I need to have him on again sometime. The guy is just brilliant, just ridiculously, unbelievably brilliant, and he does not get the... Um, the love around here that he should, and it's it's fine. He doesn't need love from here. He gets it internationally, quite literally. The guy is is almost an international star in certain walks because of his uh, online content creation. It is fabulous. So uh, if you're looking for that, it is out. Uh, let's see. Maybe I'll get to th- a few of these things. Maybe I won't. So the new internet craze that's been going on here the last, I don't know, week or so, is a just another speaking of brilliant a brilliant app idea that's a third party called in, instafest.app.app and they've partnered in some variation with Spotify to where you know that Spotify does their end of year wrap ups basically it's just a way for people to say look at me look how cultured I am look how eclectic I am look how cool I am and we all do it right and so there's the wrap ups and all this stuff and, and that's fine, and, and people have fun with it. I never do it because I just don't hardly care. I don't think I've done it. Maybe I did, but I don't remember. Well, this is a different kind of format for that. It's a way for them to take your algorithms of your listening habits and turn it into a festival poster lined up in three days with the headliner, and then the, you know, the letters get smaller as the lines go down. And um, with festival season not far away and festival lineup announcements coming what will probably be pretty rapid fire for the next two months or so maybe longer shaking ease just released theirs the other day if you want to see it go look it's fine so it's pretty good bonnaroo will be probably in january and so it takes your favorite listens or your most listens and it turns it into a festival poster and mine is headliner on on the first night is ween the other headliner on the second night is pearl jam and the third headliner is the war on drugs now, a few of these others are all interesting and good bands. Some of them I do listen to. Some of them I don't. Tool is on here. Alice in Chains, Strung Like a Horse, Widespread Panic, uh, Veruca Salt on the lower line. T- Taylor Swift is not a headliner on my list based on my listens. Audio Slave. Uh, Jerry Garcia is probably not going to be able to make it on that Friday that he's booked. Uh, neither will Blind Melon on the third night uh, as well. But I thought it was pretty cool. But... The thing here is, it's not an accurate depiction of what I am or am not listening to. I'm not listening to Ween all the time. I am listening to Pearl Jam all the time. And I'm not listening to War on Drugs all the time, or Tool, or Alice in Chains, or any of these. I don't use Spotify almost ever. And that's because if you don't pay for the premium, unlimited, or however it's uh, categorized, 
then it's ba basically useless on a mobile. It's just, it's not even worth messing with. Now, they do give you, however, desktop for free on, on Spotify, except you have to deal with some ads, which I don't have a problem with some ads. I In my office computer where I'm sitting right now, I play desktop Spotify all the time. Not every week, not every day, but often, especially on a Saturday, I'll just put something on and let it roll all day long. After a while, it'll eventually hit a different channel of a different artist because of uh, possible uh, similarities and all that algorithm algorithmic stuff. And just a couple of these, Ween in September, I went to see them in Atlanta and I crammed them for a week. So I listened to them so much according to this, based on the percentages of all the other ones, enough to put them as a headliner. Uh, Pearl Jam's always going to be there, and the War on Drugs, same deal. They headlined at Bonnaroo. I crammed them back in June. Same with Tool. Uh, same with uh, KG Elephant, as they headlined Riverbend. That's why they're all falling into the top upper billings of this fake uh, festival tour uh, uh, poster. But the one that came out that got so many people giving me hell on, on on Facebook, which I wish I pulled it up to read. It wasn't hilarious, but some of them were funny. Um, Nickelback is on the second line of the second night of my fake festival handbill. And when I did a segment on how Nickelback has gotten a really poor, uh, a bad you know hand in this of just Nickelback sucks is what everybody thinks they have to say, I started listening to some old Nickelback for a while and I guess I listened to it a lot, putting it on that second line, and everybody's like, Nickelback? What the hell's the matter with you? Maybe I haven't been loud enough about it. Maybe I haven't said out loud enough, Nickelback does not suck. They do not. Now, they might not be your, your style and genre of music, but they're not trash. And of that era of music, they are the superstars of what we now call butt rock, which when I first heard that, I thought that was... Uh, pretty uh, nonsensical way to put it, but the more I think about it, the more maybe it makes sense. Um, I wanted to read this tweet, and I guess I could do it later, about um, Jeff Styles and some podcasting stuff we're doing in the Chattanooga Drive-In Show, which I don't think I ever really discussed the, the, the reason for it going away, if you're even familiar with what I'm talking about at all. I think I will save that for either at the end of this segment or or a little bit later on, maybe in the third segment, just because I want to spend a few minutes on that as this time frame is already getting away from me. So, like, if the power went out right now, I would just lose 15 minutes of content. Now, maybe you'd say, Brian, well, that'd be good because you've told us nothing and you've wasted 15 minutes of my time. But I'm going to just roll the dice and continue on here and assume that the power will not go out. Let's get to these three pieces of audio here real quick. We'll start off with the, uh, I'm calling the scariest thing, Americans are borrowing money at an alarming rate. This smells and stinks a lot like 2007 and 2008 into 2009 all over again. This is the silent killer. This is just kind of normal in America. People are just credited the fuck out. You know, you want something, you put it on that credit card. And what I'm concerned about is if the economy is doing what I think it's doing, which is about to lay people off at a serious level, you know, can people make those payments? This is just, we've got to get off the drug of buying shit with money we don't have yet. And then the question becomes, why are you buying that stuff? 
this is the simplicity mindset that so many people need to head into 2023. And a lot of people are about to learn the truth about managing money because they're gonna be forced to, like in 2008, when so many people lost their jobs. But for the people that aren't, use what's in the air right now as a way to just get smarter. Like, get off that credit card fucking debt. You know, really simplify, get your costs down, live more humble. That's the answer to the comments that are coming. More humble. I don't have a lot of money. I always will say that, but I am very good with the little amount of money that I have. This is from CNBC. Nearly half of all Americans are falling deeper into debt as inflation continues to boost costs. 43% of consumers expect to add to their debt in the second half of the year. Total household debt to a record almost $16 trillion. Nearly 40% of consumers cannot put any money at all into savings. I fall into that category these days almost exactly. Not completely, but almost. And 19% said they would uh, have to reduce their savings rate. And that's my biggest concern right now is there just ain't much left over, man. There's just not a whole lot left over. This is the realest thing except for two portions of this. I'll let you guess what you think it is. This is me all the way except for two small pieces. I'll tell you what is next. Uh, I'm in my early 40s. I don't work out. I don't eat healthily. I drink every other day. Um, I take long, hot showers. Uh, I don't drink enough water during the day. Uh, I take naps. Uh, what else? I eat burgers, fries, um, and I'm perfectly fine. I don't have any grand ambitious projects. I'm not looking to change the world. I don't need to push myself to create grandiose things. I don't need to make a statement. I have no guilt uh, about approaching my deathbed, not having accomplished massive grandiose things, and I'm perfectly happy. Um, I just think that people should hear that more. Especially considering the party line that's towed on this godforsaken app. Okay, bye. All right, so again, I, this is TikTok stuff. Don't know who he is. Two differences there. Almost all of that is me. Except for, I don't drink every other day. I drink every day. And I do drink lots of water. It's one of the only healthy things that I do of the highly recommended things of people who just talk about basic health. Drink water, drink water, drink water. I really do drink a lot of water. I still don't drink as much as they say you should because it's an absurdly high amount of ounces a day. But I bet I'm closer than almost anybody you know, and I don't drink any sugary drinks or anything else. It's water, alcohol. That's it. I don't drink anything else. And this is today's coolest thing. It's a band called Iron Horse doing a song you very well will recognize. Metallica, one of the things I had marked, marked down to myself here, has a new album coming out next year and a two-year world tour where they'll be playing back-to-back -back nights in every city they stop in at football stadiums of 61 and a half, 80 and 70,000 seat places like AT&T in Arlington, Soldier Field in Chicago, all around the world. 
are they that big that they could fit that kind of amount of people in that many shows for two years? I guess the answer is they must be. Coming up next, who is this Nick Fuentes guy? Not, or is it Fluentes? Whatever the hell his name is. Who is he? What's he talking about? And what's his, his, you know, battle cry? And a couple of local stories I hadn't gotten to because I hadn't been around in a couple of weeks and wasn't able to get to last time I talked to you. That's coming up next on the Stone on Air podcast. Baseball suits the character of this democratic nation. Democracy is government by persuasion. That means it requires patience. That means it involves a lot of compromise. Democracy is the slow politics of the half loaf. Baseball is the game of the long season, where small incremental differences decide who wins and who loses particular games, series, seasons. In baseball, you know going to the ballpark that the chances are you may win, but you also may lose. There's no certainty, no given. You know when a season starts that the best team is going to get beaten a third of the time. The worst team's going to win a third of the time. The argument over 162 games, that middle third. So it's a game that you can't like if winning's everything. And democracy's that way, too. Twenty twenty one has been so fun. It's the same show on every channel, and it's always a rerun. Twenty twenty one has been so much fun. Of course, it's Nick. Let's go now. This when I purchased this was a more topical new song. It's now, as I mentioned, probably a year old. It's absolutely awesome. That rejoin was cut from Ken Burns' Baseball. Next segment, I'll explain why that played. Here So good. All right. More songs from the computer is the name of that. Real quick, I will do this right now. Um, So uh, Jeff Styles now, many of you might care about this. Many of you might not care even a little bit. But he is now doing a podcast regularly with a guy named Clint Powell, and it is um, it's good work. You know, Clint knows what he's doing, and he's uh, successful. He's he's profitable with it. This is the supposed for profit venture. Theirs is an actual for profit venture. So good for them. I don't listen all that much because I just don't care about people talking to themselves on a podcast. But hey, that's just me. Um, but somebody had posted on this. Uh, thread under under Clint's thread, and um, I just wanted to read it real quick. The Chattanooga Drive-In Show we started last year at the uh, end of the year, and it ended in June of this year. And it was one of those hiatus things. And of course, deep down, I was like, "It's not a hiatus. We're not doing this anymore, and we don't need to do this anymore. It's too hard. It's too much work, and it's barely paying, and it's not consistent, and it doesn't make sense to do a daily podcast in the way that we were doing it. Anyway, no hard feelings. Just didn't work. It's fine. But this is the guy message he put underneath. 
Clint's post about the show with, when Jeff was on the um, front wrap-up, I guess is what he's still calling it, on the Monday show. It says, It's a shame this once great radio host has devolved himself into a self-serving podcast time moocher. He convinced the entire staff to walk out of Nuga Radio. Then, when he couldn't carry his own weight on the drive-in show podcast, he abandoned those same co-workers again in favor of the new flavor of the month during the break. Jeff Styles, the once highly respected media personality, is now just an aging, misogynistic narcissist that's addicted to any limelight he can find. He will, quote-unquote, love you long time if you have a media platform, but beware, yours will just be the next in his line of ruination. Um, I thought there was a certain level of uh, accuracy to that, most a level of not accuracy to it. So I just posted just quickly and walked away, and I've even gone back since. It said uh, to the guy named Michael uh, Loich, Loich, um, not trying to be a dick here, but just a couple of thoughts. Clearly you are a longtime listener and are somewhat familiar with Jeff's lineage the last few years, but much of what you have said is off base. I'm not getting specific because some of it is personal for those involved, and more importantly, I just don't care. But the Nuga Radio thing was an absolute disaster organizationally. The owner is a criminal, and the programming was even worse. The Chattanooga Driving Show was an experiment from the jump. It just didn't work out. But I will say is that almost all podcasts are done by quote-unquote self-serving time moochers. That's why most of them are not any good. Radio shows and podcasts are not even on the same planet. They're not the same thing. Other than that they are both listened to, they share basically nothing else in common. The Jeff you, in parentheses, I and I, loved from radio is gone. Because effectively, radio itself is basically gone. And so I don't know that I ever mentioned on here that show disappearing and never coming back. But that's what happened. It disappeared. And it is not going to come back. A couple of things here real quick before I get into who this Fuentes guy is. Let me get the name right, too. It is Fuentes. I didn't get to the budget tell thing in East Ridge last show because that was one of these why podcasts suck things. That story was developing and becoming a thing as I was creating the show for the second week of, uh, of November. And it is here in East Ridge, and it is a pretty big deal overall for the county anyway. And um, I just didn't have enough information yet. And so I felt I did feel like I swung and missed on a local story that should have been given a little bit of uh, a little bit of discussion, if nothing else. But, uh, but by now, if you know, you care this. It is a crime ridden area of down near the interstate on a Ringgold Road. They evicted everybody uh, led by Cody Womp, A.D., newly elected A.D., and the the hearing has been postponed till th this week. Right for no beginning of next week, December fifth. That's the latest on that. Outside of that, there really is nothing new. So I'm just I'm just back going backtracking on things I didn't get to before. Eastridge Police Chief uh, Clint Uselton stated that his department responded to a disproportionate number of criminal complaints from the budget tell in the last three years. Eastridge Police have received over 1,400 calls for service to this business representing 35% of all calls to motels, hotels in the city. And that goes on for there. The developers purchased it in 2016 for $2 million with refurbishing, but it's just been a, uh, a mess and a crime hub, according to A.D. Cody Womp, and put a bunch of kids and people out on the street 
right before Thanksgiving. Uh, a real quick response that I wanted to read fast from C. Mark Warren, a prominent lawyer in town, says, It's unbelievable that Cody Womp is putting families out of their homes during the holidays. Cody Womp used her state powers to evict 470 people, including 71 children. These children will miss class. They may have to change schools. People will miss work. Families will lose their prepaid cash deposits. Cody Womp says the budget tell where they they paid rent and living is a crime hub, so why not lock up the criminals who make it a crime hub? Cody Womp claims to know the names of the sex offenders that also make the hotel a crime hub. Make them move. Use your state powers to evict them. Are the known sex offenders violating parole by living too close to these children? Lock them up. That's why I voted for you. It seems to me that these that criminals make the hotel a crime hub, not working families, certainly not the children, and not residents undergoing hospice care. It's heartless. Why are you punishing the least of these? 71 children don't have a bed tonight. These children are going to bed hungry. Residents undergoing end-of-life care. That's not the nougat strong where we raised our families. Didn't you learn anything in Sunday school class? Signed, C. Mark Warren. I'll leave it at that for now. And then just a quick mention of this um, this story I just saw in the last couple of days. It's perfect for a Dateline Friday night or any of those Lifetime kind of investigative series. Affidavit, boyfriend charges murder of Jasmine Pace. Bloodstains found at the apartment. They just found him in Middle Tennessee within the last, like, 12 hours from the time that I'm recording this. On November 27th, the affidavit says police obtained a search warrant for uh, the dude's apartment. Police found blood on the living room hardwood floor, bathroom grout, uh, the bedroom carpet, and along with splatter on the bathroom wall. It also says that there were recently purchased cleaning supplies, broken glass, and other evidence suggest a violent altercation had happened inside the apartment. She was 22. I believe he is a little older than that. Tremont, uh, somewhere near Tremont Avenue in North Chattanooga is where this happened. And, um, yeah, I get sucked into some of these shows that come on on the, you know, Friday nights when there's nothing else. And that's it's terrible. Sounds awful. I hate it for anybody involved. But uh, never trust anybody. Always be concerned because wacky things happen everywhere. All right. Well, let's, um, while it's not lightening the mood by any means, it is um, just kind of getting the idea who in the hell is this guy? Nick Fuentes had lunch or dinner or whatever with Kanye and Trump the other day. That seems to be completely factual. No one's disputing it. It is just another one of those head scratchers from Don Trump. The guy just does and says some of the weirdest things, and it just seems to get more and more and more. Uh, uh, Ron DeSanctimonious the other day said something, I'm totally paraphrasing, about how he's tired of the media uh, creating division seemingly every single day. Well, what this dude, I know that DeSanctimonious and, and Trump don't necessarily run in the same circles, but this dude makes it too easy for the media to, to, to give the information out that people want. Um, this is just from his week. Dude holds anti-Semitic views and denies the Holocaust. Uh, Fuentes self-identifies as a member of the incel movement. A little bit more on that here in a few. I had, I knew I know what incel means. I didn't necessarily know what the incel movement is. And as a supporter of a authoritarian government, and as a Catholic uh, integralist and Christian nationalist, in 2020, seeking to establish a white supremacist conference to rival CPAC, Fuentes began holding the annual. America First Political Action Committee, so the AFPAC. Um, 
This dude's 20, how old is he? He's 24 years old, 24 years old, and he has made all kinds of noise. And this starts in 2016 or so. He went to high school in Illinois. He was a president of the student council. He studied introductory international relations and politics during his freshman year at Boston University. He dropped out after his first year after he was getting, says, receiving threats because he attended the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville in 2017. Uh, he got kicked out of CPAC a couple of years ago. That's the big conference they have. They travel around where all the not-quite-so-loud racist and uh, white supremacists do their rally kind of things. Even he's too extreme for them. Fuentes was again removed from the CPAC in July of 21 after harassing a journalist at an event held across the street. He said, now that he has been banned for Twitter, quote, I have nothing to lose. This is going to be the most racist, sexist, anti-Semitic, Holocaust-denying speech in all of Dallas this weekend. Uh, more on that here in a minute with some audio I'm going to play you. And then his next year event in February of 22, the AFPAC, Marjorie Trailer Park Green, attended it. Later, Green said that she did not know who the organizers of the conference were. There's so much wrong with that that I won't even begin to, uh, to start on that. Then it goes on with his relations to the January 6th attacks. Uh, and just goes for days and days and days. I'm going to put that one down and just do a little bit of this. And I'm just going to read it until I get bored, which will be really quick. This is from the Southern Poverty Law Center, a legal advocacy organization that just tracks this kind of stuff. This is quotes from this dude, Fuentes. Uh, quote, all of it is a forever till I say it, not anymore. A, a quote straight from the dude America, for what it's worth, was founded by white Christians. It was not founded by Jewish people, it was not founded by Judeo Christians. It was founded by white Christians, and white Christians are the majority. Christianity is a religion of this nation, not Judaism, not Tamud, not whatever the hell that is, not that stuff. It's just what it is. It's just a fact. You know what? If we're going to make America great again, we're going to have to talk about this anti-white thing going on. And it was the Restore America. And I just, you know, that's about all I can do uh, on that. And what else? It seems like I had a couple more things real quick. Oh, uh, Fuentes denounces mainstream conservative institutions arguing that Christian Republican voters get screwed over because the GOP is run by Jews, atheists, and homosexuals. On the one-year anniversary... Of January 6th, he told his live stream audience in explicit terms to treat this date as a holiday. He called it, quote, part of a new heritage and part of a new history. Today is a holiday. Today is a historic moment for us. We should celebrate that it happened. Absolutely. And I said this on Telegram late last night. And Telegram is this uh, encrypted social networking kind of uh, unregulated, but not nearly as used by you know mass audiences of but just so you know what telegram is because he's been kicked off of every single social media youtube facebook tiktok all of them so real quick a few pieces of audio just to get an idea of who this guy is there's not a ton of rhyme or reason as to why i put these together let's fly through it real quick this is nick fuentes saying we need dictators here's why abortion's popular sodomy's popular you know being gay is popular being a feminist is popular sex out of wedlock is popular contraceptives are that's all popular that's all that's not to say it's good that's not to say i like that popular means the people support it which they do and uh and it sucks and it is what it is but that's why we need uh dictatorship <laughs> that's unironically why we need to get rid of all that we need to take control of the media or take control of the government and force the people to believe what we believe this guy's powerful and has a large audience lots of people listen when this guy talks 
This is a montage of about 60 seconds. It starts off with, and it bounces to a few different things. Uh, this upcoming election needs to be the last free United States of America election held. We have one more election where white people can make the decision. The white people got to make the right decision, and then Trump's got to get in there and never leave. That, to me, at this point, is a pathway. It's time to shut up, elect Trump one more time, and then stop having elections. We have got to talk about the fundamentals of our worldview and what it would look like to build a society based on our distinct worldview. It looks like a society where women don't have the right to vote. And it looks like a society where boys and girls get married as teenagers and start having kids and they don't use birth control and they don't use contraceptives and they have big families and a high birth rate. And it looks like women wearing veils at church. And it looks like women not being in the workforce. Banning gay marriage is back on the menu. Banning sodomy is back on the menu. Banning contraceptives is back on the menu. And basically, we're having something like Taliban rule in America, in a good way. We're having something like a Catholic Taliban rule in America. Yeah, let's invite that guy and Kanye West to, di to dinner. What could possibly go wrong what could people possibly think and what could we possibly imagine that the the American media would do with that? And then let's blame the media. Yes, it's mainstream media that is the cause of the division in this country. Oh, and yes, that's right. Marjorie Trailer Park Green, after the, the speaking she did at his conference, oh, I didn't know who he was. Don Trump afterwards says, yeah, I didn't really know who the guy was. What? Oh, Jesus. All right, moving along. Um, this is from the incel movement that I mentioned earlier. That, again, I know what an incel is. It is basically a, wow, this is in no technical way of putting it, but a pathetic loser who doesn't have sex or can't have sex or is uh, because of the fact that they are not capable of having sex with, I don't guess it has to be just you know the opposite sex. It could be the same. Because of their inadequacies to do it, they now denounce it and hate it. It's a real thing. I've heard of it many times before, but I did not know that there was a movement to uh, strive for this. And apparently, this guy is maybe the loudest and the head of the quote-unquote incel movement, which I had never heard of until just yesterday. And somebody accused him for being gay for not having a girlfriend, and this was his wacky response from somewhere on many of his channels that he puts out his garbage. What, people calling me gay because I've never had a girlfriend? I think if anything, if anything, it makes me less gay. Not only is, not only is that thinking flawed, but actually it's the reverse. That actually makes me really more heterosexual than anybody. If, if, we're, being, if we're really being honest, Never having a girlfriend, never having sex with a woman really makes you more heterosexual because honestly, dating women is gay. Having sex with women is gay and having sex with men is gay. And, and you know, it's really, it's all gay. And if you want to know the truth, the only really straight heterosexual position is to be an asexual incel. That's it. So that's all there is. Being a MGTOW asexual incel is really the straightest position that you can have.
You following all that? I looked it up real quick from uh, a quick Google search. An incel, a member of an online community of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually, typically associated with views that are hostile towards women and men who are sexually active. That is the official definition of incel. I just didn't know that there was an actual movement. And I'm going to go long on this segment, guys, so I'll, I'll shorten up next one a little bit because I have one more to play here, and I uh, just want to. So there, this is a whole nother can of worms here, but there is a massive psychological issue with young men in this country that aren't necessarily coming from this kind of uh, vitriolic uh, ideological stuff. It's coming more from just computers and internet and socials and video games, online gaming, taking over young men, young boys' lives and making them um, literally impotent and uh, figuratively uh, socially impotent. They cannot function inside of a real world reality because they haven't spent enough of their time doing it. It started when I was when we were young, a lot of us were young, but it it was starting just slowly because of isolationism, too much uh, uh, stimulation on uh, video games or whatever it might be. And now it's a, an entire new world of kids that don't even want their driver's license and and especially with young uh, boys who are going to be having all kinds of self-confidence issues and that's where a lot of this let's shoot up school stuff comes from. And all this stuff has got kind of a let's put a bunch of uh, yarn and string and pins and and pictures and let's connect the dots like it's a detective uh, a, a, a crime investigation. All this stuff strings together at some point. And this is just a small portion of that. And if you now have a guy who's turning something into which we should be looking at as a terrible thing for young men, especially, but young people and all the uh, the a member of an online community of young men who consider themselves unable to attract women sexually, typically associated with views that are hostile towards women and hostile towards the men who are sexually active. Not only is that a massive real thing that's happening, this guy's leading a, a, a revolt of a movement to encourage it. What a time to be alive. Holy Jesus Christ. The final one I have here is him and a bunch of mostly young people, but some of them not all that young. This was when he got kicked out of the CPAC in uh, in Florida two years ago for the first time, and this might have been in Dallas, actually. I think this was last year when they got kicked out of Dallas. Just take a quick listen to these scholars. America first! America first! when they're walking through the turn style or the spinning door of the hotel. Bunch of young men just trying to be captured on some kind of social media and get some flashes of 15 seconds of fame who are are idolizing almost, at least putting on a pedestal, a guy who says it's good to not be able to attract women and have sex. It's even better than to hate them, hate men who do, and that having a girlfriend makes you gay. 
That's of the silly stuff that this guy talks about. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. I now wish I didn't know as much as I do know about this piece of garbage, Nick Fuentes. And, yeah, let's invite a guy like that over to dinner. My Thanksgiving weekend, was it hashtag best Thanksgiving ever? Yeah, it might have been. I'll tell you about it. Coming up next. thought of as this game of geometry the game of geometry it's perfect it's 90 feet it's 60 feet it's this it's that everything's perfect right angles everything's all that and then it has the strictest rules and it has the strictest history everything interpreted and kids play it all over the place with two bases one base with a car parked in the middle of where they're playing. They play it in the street. They play it. We played it in the hollow, used trees for bases. We call it the hollow, where I lived in Lexington, Virginia. We had a wonderful baseball game. You can improvise baseball in a living room. You can improvise baseball on a New York street, and people do every day. You can play it in the pasture. You can play it on the side of a hill. You can play baseball anywhere. This is Molly Martin out of Nashville. The song's called I Like Losers. I like losers and losers like me. There's something about the taste of the tragedy. Certain lines from this song that touched me a little. <laughs> She's, um, I don't know if she's signed, but she would be, well, you would consider a local musician out of Nashville. And I was listening to Lightning 100 over the weekend, and I ran into their local, to their local channel, their local station, excuse me, local show, Jesus, it was Lightning 100. And they're like, this is Molly Martin with I Like Losers. And I was like, well, sounds all right. Um, so I headed to Nashville for Thanksgiving. I'm more on the Lightning 100 thing in a minute, more on all of it as I go along here. I got no notes here. I'm just going on my memory here, so I might bounce around and get things out of uh, uh, order just a little bit, but this is just a recap of the weekend, so if you're bored with it, I wouldn't blame you. See you later. We'll talk to you again next week. But I, uh, at request of basically it seemed like everybody, that we go to my brother's in Nashville for Thanksgiving, all of us except for my dad and my stepmother. Uh, they couldn't make it, but everybody else did as far as my mom and all my brothers and sisters and all their kids, and there's four of the kids total, and they're all under the age of seven, so you can kind of imagine how that household in a not-very-big house was kind of rambunctious, rambunctious for uh, a night. And with the whole idea that we weren't going to do a traditional 
Thanksgiving spread. It was going to be a very good spread, but it wasn't going to be traditional, which that was the only bummer to me. I love it. I wanted it, but I was the odd man out. So whatever, that's fine. All I got to do is show up. I don't got to bring anything. I don't have to buy anything. All the drinks are already there. All the food is already there. It was uh, it was it was fabulous. So I was like, well, let's make the best of this. So I got up on uh, Thursday morning, Thanksgiving morning, and around for me pretty early, seven thirty. Seven thirty is dumb early for me, and I left the house here right around nine. I just figured if I'm going to be gone a whole day, I might as well be in Nashville the whole day. And I was on my way up. It was gorgeous out. Great uh, sunshine and uh, cool temps. Very comfortable, nice, cool temps. And I was on my way almost to Manchester. And I said, you know what? I'm stopping and going trespassing like I do every now and again. I usually document it on social media. There's something inside of me, just in my soul, that really thinks that's neat. It's always fun. There's a break in the fence. It's still a fence you got to climb over. But there's a break in the fence and or where it's pushed down and in this one spot. And I know my way around the property pretty well. And most years that I do this, I've, I've gone on my birthday, which was Good Friday. So I knew nobody would be there. I went on another holiday another time of years ago where I figured nobody would be there. And even if somebody is on the farm, it's 800 acres. So the chances are if you see somebody's there, just, you know, get lost, get out of there. No problem. They're not coming after you or anything like that. But I usually try to find something, some kind of little memento, some kind of thing hanging on a tree in the Senaru area that, you know, is unique and usually handmade or some kind of piece of, of ornament of some kind to take it back with me. So it's just, I'm weird. That's just, I, I so I'm, I no, no difference this time around. And I get out in the middle of the, uh, the, the farm and I go to the area where I went before where I knew there was a lot of like knickknacks around. I found this thing. Imagine a reef for Christmas. And then imagine the Bonnaroo, the, the two O's at the end it has an interlocking like three O's. If you're not familiar, think the Olympic rings, how they overlap. So think the three O's in a reef that's been like pinned together and spray painted, not quite rainbow colors, but close. And it was pretty cool. And it was just sitting there. I mean, someone's eventually going to throw this thing away. So I was like, I'm going to take that with me. And um, I'm beginning to realize my bum knee from hurting myself the other week is acting up. My other right ankle, which is having it's just mysterious problems. And now I'm, I'm pretty hobbled, and I'm trying to get out of there. And it's I'm getting hot because I have long sleeves on. And I get turned around, which I thought was impossible to do. Impossible. I've been on this property for 20 years years with 80,000 people there or with zero people there. I know my way around this place and somehow I got turned around and I ended up being by somebody's near somebody's house and cars. Like, so somebody probably was there. So this is like nine 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, central time zone. And I'm starting to get a little nervous. Like, I, you know, this is the silliest thing in the world for me to get caught or somebody see me trying to take this little reef thing you know, and I'm hobbling around. I'm starting to limp pretty bad because my, both my knee on my left and my ankle on my right are giving me problems. And I'm starting to get a little nervous. And I'm thinking like Twilight Zone here. Like what happened to the entrance I've got, or the, the back door over here that I've gone through so many times? And so I start, I set the thing down and I start walking around. I'm just afraid someone's going to see me. It's just so silly. Long story short, I guess it's too late for that, right? Um, I figured it out. I just took a wrong left at some trail that I was used to. 
made it out of there, got my reef. It's hanging in the yard now. Looks beautiful. Happy as hell about it. And I head on my way to Nashville and um, just no problem with traffic. And I figured that would be the case on a Thursday, Thanksgiving. Everybody's already where they're going. I cruise right into town. If you go to Nashville, you know how it goes down to two lanes under that. What is, I don't know if it's a railroad trussle, but that's what it looks like and feels like because it's all rock. They're going to have to dynamite that one of these days and open that up to three to four, five, six, seven lanes. It's a major city, and you have two lanes to get into it. It's a guaranteed bottleneck slowdown. It's worse than the, the ridge cut. Now, it's much shorter and smaller than the ridge cut, but it's worse as far as bottlenecking. No problem. Cruise right through. First time ever that that's ever happened. And so as I get into town, as I always do, I usually have a couple shows loaded up to listen to podcast-wise. I turn those off, and I turn on Lightning 100. And the first song playing is uh, 1979 Smashing Pumpkins. I'm like, oh, cool. This station's a, a new indie rock kind of station. They do throw some throwbacks in there, but generally speaking, it's going to be 50-50 stuff you've pretty much never heard. It's college radio-ish, the way that it's designed. It's designed to be a little clunky, which kind of irritates me. But overall, it's a fantastic station. And I know some of the people that work there and run it, or at least at one once upon a time, I did. So I always turn it on. And the next song after that was Alanis Morissette. And I'm like, wait a second. This is this is not there's this is not like unless it's like a 90s hour. This is not how this station is programmed. And sure enough, right after that. Comes on the, the, the college radio sounding, boring NPR-ish style DJ. Talks about how they're doing 32 years celebration of Lightning 100. And they're playing every hour from starting that morning at 90s at whatever time it started. And then the next hour is 91. And the next hour is 92. And the next hour is 93. And 94. And 95. And so on and so forth. All the way till they do 32 hours. So a day and, you know, a little less than day and a half. And this was in 1995, in this hour I was in. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. So I, I get to my brother's house in the next half hour, 20 minutes, whatever it is. And I get there, I'm like, man, we gotta, he's got a big speaker we put outside. I was like, we got to throw on a Lightning 100, man. They're doing this. And I told him, and he was like, cool, we throw it on. It is fabulous. It is so good. I hate that I missed 90 through 94. That would have been even more my, my wheelhouse. But I was listening to all kinds of contemporary music in the late 90s and early 2000s as well. And so the whole day, we sit around and we listen to this station. And it is some of the most brilliant radio broadcasting programming that I have ever heard, at least in this century. I was blown away with how fantastic it was. And it was just fun all day long to try to guess, to remember the names of the bands, because a lot you recognize a song, because it's all going to be music that eventually was played on the radio at one time. It wasn't going to be super deep cuts of stuff. So it's like, oh yeah, what's that? Like the new Radicals was one of them. The the only get what you give. Da, da, da. You hear that that song on commercials still regularly all the time. It comes on. I'm like, what the hell's the name of this band? And I think I had to look that one up. But then we started to guess. What songs do you think will be in 2001? And what year do you think the Pardon Me from Incubus? It was, just, it was a conversation thought starter all day long, track after track, and I have never listened to radio that, um, that deliberately and that purposely 
in, as I just mentioned, quite literally this entire century. I have not had music programming that captivated me that much. Um, you know, there's not a hell of a lot more to go to the coolness of this story. That was really the cool part was hanging out on the farm and then listening to Lightning 100 all day. Uh, threw footballs around, threw the baseball around, hit uh, uh, wiffle balls. My brother and his daughter got there, and again, all the kids are a little tiny. Uh, you know, mid-afternoon, my mom and the, and my sister and those kids got there roughly about the same time. You know, these moronic children that run around screaming and hooting and hollering, seemingly with, you know, the Energizer bunnies. They never run out of energy. It's... But I love these. I love them. It's for one day. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, where I totally messed up was is that I didn't eat breakfast or lunch because I drank a iced mocha, disgusting, sugary coffee in the morning. And it killed my appetite. So all I was eating was this, uh, what do they call it, charcuterie board, charcuterie board, what is it called, with all the meats and cheeses and all that, which I love. It ain't exactly a very good lunch. And so I had a few high noons and whatever else, and I started to just feel pretty crappy. So I just went and sat in the couch and laid around and watched football, or at least pretended to. Everybody had a great time. I mean, it was really good. And then we had a great dinner, and then that that kind of got me back up and going. And I felt fantastic after that. And then, of course, as always, I stay up too late. The house is packed. I'm sleeping on the couch. We watched planes, trains, and automobiles. We watched Ghostbusters. We watched football. We watched South Park, you know, whatever. And um, drank until like 2 o'clock in the morning, which which is always the worst when you're in central time going home to Eastern. I had to go to work the next day. Long story, I could have taken the day off. It's easier just to go. It's easier just to show up because it's a super easy day and I only have to be there a few hours and I don't have to jump through any hoops. And actually, it's kind of good getting the hell out of there as quick as possible because there's only so much I could take of that rambunctiousness of t- ridiculous kids and uh, and their ridiculous parents. And I'm related to all of them. So I got home, went uh, went to work for a couple hours, came back here, crashed out, just laid around, and I noticed, and I think I noticed this before I left. I did. So I hit the DVR. Ken Burns Baseball Marathon on MLB Network was playing all day Thanksgiving, maybe all day Saturday, to, or uh, a Friday too, because it's 20 hours long. Actually, it's 24 hours long once you add the 10th inning that was released in the last 15 years or so. The original baseball was released in 1997. It starts in 1840. 1840. And goes to 1991. And chronicles and 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 documents every significant thing that's happened in baseball from the minute that it was developed and, and, and invented to, to the minute before they were done in the late, in the early nineties. And then the additional one they added on, which was the nineties and the early two thousands. It is fabulous television and documentary. It is wonderful. If you think baseball sucks, you're obviously going to hate it. If you think baseball is just okay, you're going to be pretty bored with it. If you think baseball's pretty cool, you'll find some episodes that are more interesting than others. And if you love the game almost as much as anything you love in the rest of your life, like me, it is captivating. And I've seen it before, but it's been 20 years. And so I sat around watching baseball all 
Friday, a bunch of Saturday. I'm still not done. I still got like four hour, three and a half hours left to go sitting on the DVR. Saturday, worked around the house, got a bunch of stuff done. Sunday, same deal. Then went to watch the Titans, which was a, don't even get me started, with a couple of friends. It was just really start to finish, you know, just not necessarily planned this perfectly. It just unfolded this perfectly. And it was quite literally the best Thanksgiving that I've uh, ever had. And I already love Thanksgiving. So the list of, and I guess the thing, the list is all the Thanksgivings are almost the damn same every year. It's not that they're good or bad. They're just the same. And doing something completely different, getting up early in the morning, many of the days, getting lots of things done, seeing lots of people I enjoyed, watching lots of fun things on TV, eating and drinking and listening to music and going to the farm. I mean, it was just great. It was really, really, really good. And I know that uh, it looks like in my head, the math looks like we're probably right at about an hour right now. So thanks for listening to that. I know that probably wasn't the most interesting thing you've ever heard. I did, however, think the middle segment, you know, I just got done with it 20 minutes ago, but that I could have done even more with that absolute kook. Uh, Nick Fuentes, that that dude and that kind of stuff is is for real scary. It really is because that's a re- that's that's real life. That's not made up stuff. That's not sensationalism. That's real stuff. Real people with real followings, real audiences who have real money and real potential uh, effect on things going forward. And that incel movement, man, that is some that's some wacky stuff. So, all right, hey, thanks so much. A couple more lists uh, December, and then we'll wrap things up for the year. And uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. See you later. Bye.